Well, we begin week number three in our summer series, Wisdom That Works. Uh, today I begin with a parental advisory. Uh, today's sermon is rated PG-13, okay? Uh, nothing too graphic, but uh, some of the material we're going to cover this morning will require some guidance uh, for many of the children who are with you and some young teens in our midst. So moms and dads, I don't think you need to run for the exits, but I do believe you need to plan on maybe having a, a 10 or a 15 minute chat about what we talked about and that way you can guide and direct. Because today uh, we're going to look at God's wisdom on the subject of sex. And I was talking to Myron earlier and I don't think growing up in church I ever even heard the word sex mentioned in church. I mean, that, you just didn't talk. So I'm going to try to be, did you see Nick Walenda walk across uh, the Grand Canyon or maybe, uh, I don't know, a year ago, six months ago, he walked across Niagara Falls. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, so, so pray that Pastor Jeff doesn't fall off today because I'm a little bit like Nick. I'm going to try to find that perfect in the middle balance and uh, not fall off. And the one extreme is I really believe the church I grew up in, we didn't talk about. That was the one taboo subject you didn't talk about, sex in church, ever. I never heard that talked about. Uh, <clears throat> and therefore, listen, I've counseled over 200 couples who are going to get married, and I was going to uh, officiate. And, and here's, here's the problem with that. Most of those 200 couples, um, when we talk about the subject of sex and I give them a test, it shows that it was never talked about at home either. So most children who grow up in churches like ours, that's just a subject that nobody talks about, and therefore they're fairly clueless on, on that subject because uh, it's either never or rarely talked about at home. I think that's one extreme. Uh, the other extreme is the way our culture today treats the subject of sex. And, and honestly, think about it, it's everywhere. It's pervasive. It's, it's all over. Um, if I see one more commercial while I'm watching a baseball game on erectile dysfunction, I'm going to scream. <laughs> it's like, really? Really? Try to explain that to a seven-year-old. Daddy, forget it. It's just like, come on. Come on, or I won't, I have some other, uh, you know what I'm talking about, movies, DVDs you rent, um, and I'm telling you, if you don't research it carefully, you're watching stuff, I, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, let me just give you a little hint, uh, a little helper. Um, Denise and I, we don't rent or see any movie before we looked at Plugged In Online. So plugged in online, write it down, and they even have an app for your phone. So if you have a smartphone, and therefore no more excuses, because they'll tell you everything in detail. They'll explain. Here's the words that you're going to hear, and they, don't, they let you know what they are without being explicit. And here's, here's, and they rate the sexuality and the violence and, and the profanity and everything, and you'll know exactly, okay? And they do that for movies and DVDs and TV shows, okay? So there's a nice tool there. But it's everywhere. Uh, it's in the music on the iPods. And I know I like to beat up on Eminem, but he deserves beating up. You ever just 
parents, if you, if you know that M&M is on your kids' iPods, I challenge you, Google M&M and just read the words of some of his songs. I dare you. Wow. I didn't know you could say that stuff. Again and again and anyway. Um, do a Google search sometimes, and, and, and sometimes you'll be a very innocent word, you know, or subject, and then, again, it's everywhere. So you go from the way I grew up in church, never talked about it, and bluntly, my parents, therefore, we didn't talk about the subject, and then today's culture, everybody's talking about it way too much in places and in ways they shouldn't be talking about it. Okay, so we're going to attempt to find the middle ground on the subject of sex. And here's the cool thing, you ready? The Bible is right down the middle, right down the middle between those two extremes. Uh, but before we get into uh, the passage today, we're uh, doing what we're calling a summer challenge, a summer wisdom challenge, if you will. And I've been challenging you to read one chapter of Proverbs a day between now and the end of August. So uh, you read the chapter of the day, the month, uh, whatever day it is, that's, that's the, the chapter you read. So today is July 7, and you would read Proverbs chapter 7. Yesterday was July 6, so you would have read Proverbs chapter 6, and tomorrow's July 8th. That means tomorrow you'll read Proverbs chapter, what is it? You're with me, okay? So now I, I need to just check up on you, okay? I know you had a holiday week, but uh, how many of you in the busy holiday week managed to find time to read at least four chapters this past week? Can I see your hands? Nice job. Okay. Now, how many of you, you, you kind of took the challenge, but you, you messed up a couple weeks, but you're going to say, I'm going to hang in there, <clears throat> and I'm going to continue to battle, find time till the end of August. And even if you just raise your hand, I want to just see how many of you are committed. I'm, uh, Pastor Jeff, by God's grace, I want God's wisdom to marinate my heart, my mind, my soul. I'm still in it. I'm still, I'm still going to be in the game, and I'm going to take the summer challenge. How many of you will say, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. Okay? In, anybody in the balcony? No? A few of you? Okay. Okay. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Um, Two chapters that we read, Friday and Saturday, and today's chapter, chapter 7, so Proverbs 5 and 6 and 7, in case you didn't notice, are loaded with wisdom and direction on the subject of sex. And uh, all week long I've been reading Proverbs 5, 6, 7, Lord show me, show me, show me. Um, unfortunately, after the bulletin was printed, um, I changed my mind, okay? So I apologize if you lean on the bulletin. Um, that's my bad today because we're going to actually look at Proverbs chapter 5 today. Uh, we've got Proverbs 6 and 7 printed on the back. So again, here's the, the, the lesson to be learned there. Always bring your Bibles, okay? Don't count it because Pastor Jeff may change his mind because he's pretty goofy, okay? So uh, let's stand and read our Heavenly Father's wise words and counsel and advice on the matter of sex. And, and women, ladies, I need to tell you something. He speaks as a father speaking to a son, okay? But this applies just as well as a wise father speaking to his daughter, okay? So uh, just understand this applies right on 
to all of the females in our midst here today. We're going to read verses 1 through 14, Proverbs 5. If you don't have your Bible, maybe you can slide up next to somebody and they'll let you read, read along with them today as we go. Okay, Proverbs 5, verse 1. Let's all read together. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to the one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for giving us a book devoted to wisdom. And Lord, uh, my prayer for us in your church is that we would devote ourselves to becoming wise men and women. Lord, uh, we know that doesn't come with a snap of the fingers or, uh, or any other quick way. Lord, we know it's going to take effort, and I pray that you'll help all here today to be hungry for wisdom. May it uh, marinate our hearts and minds and souls this summer. Help us, Lord, to soak it up. Help us, Lord, to seek to understand it. Um, write it and tattoo it on our hearts. And may it become just such a part of us, Lord, that we just instantly, as we, uh, as we feast on it, begin to apply it and put it into practice in our daily lives. That's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for each and every person here today. Lord, I want to pray uh, just for a moment now for those who on this holiday week have had a really hard time. I, I suspect some are here and things aren't going so well. Things are stressful. Things are painful. There's uh, issues going on, Lord, that are confusing. There are issues that are, are causing great anxiety. And I want to pray for my friends who come into your church today that way. Lord, please uh, rain down streams of living water on them. Lord, I'm asking that uh, as they wait upon you, you might uh, recharge their spiritual batteries. Lord, uh, refill their spiritual, emotional tanks. Lord, uh, as we study your book today, I pray that your word might have a soothing effect on their very lives. We thank you again that we can worship together now by 
digging in and studying your word. I, I pray, Lord, for those who on the matter of sex have believed lies. I, I pray even now that they'll be able to identify the lies they've believed and, Lord, instead, they'll reject them as they, as they understand and see it, and they'll embrace your truth. We invite your spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to come, and we welcome you today in your church. You come, uh, Lord, and, uh, and uh, take charge in this room. Take charge of these goofy lips of mine, Lord. And most importantly, Lord, you come and take charge of each of our individual lives. We're ready to hear and listen and respond to what you have to say to us. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said, as one, you may be seated. If you break Proverbs 5 down into two commands, kind of headline form, here's what it says in headline form, okay? So if you're prone to sleep, pay attention, one minute, and you can snooze on out and you got the headline, okay? Here we go. Here's, here's uh, uh, verses 1 to 14, Proverbs 5. Men, here's the headline, men, keep your hands off sexually any woman who's not your wife, okay? Women, keep your hands off sexually any man who's not your husband. That's the first clear command. And then as you read verse 15 to verse 23, are you ready? Second command, men, keep your hands on your wife and enjoy. Pretty good command, huh? You didn't know that was in the Bible, huh? Uh, women, keep your hands on your husband and have fun. That's the two commands, okay? And it's very clear, verses 1 to 14, keep your hands off sexually anybody you're not married to. And if you're married, keep your hands on one another and have a blast. Enjoy. Let's go to verses 1 and 2 before we jump into the meat, okay? Because uh, the wise father is giving advice to his son, advice that applies just as well to daughters. Let me say it again. And he says to begin, pay attention. Listen close with both your ears. Okay, this isn't something that you should be texting while you're listening to, okay? So balcony, and don't, don't think I don't notice. Some of you up there, you're playing games with your phone, so just turn them off today. Uh, shut the TV off, honey. No texting, no tweeting. You need to get these wise ideas on your hard drive. That's basically what verses 1 and 2 are saying, okay? Verse 3, for the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. In the end, she's bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thoughts to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she doesn't know it. Now then, my sons, my daughters, listen to me. Don't turn aside from what I say. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is what? Anybody know? Huh. Death. That's pretty harsh. So when, when you sin, here's the payment you get, death. And just as Adam and Eve found, it's not always instant physical death. 
You disregard this wisdom and you may kill your marriage. Don't pay any attention here and you may burn down your home someday, is what he's saying. Uh, young people, don't pay attention and you may ruin your future sexually. Death. Why is the Lord so intent on warning us about sex here? You ready? Because we're all prone to wander on this subject. Even a man who is after God's own heart. And who was the man that Scripture says was a man after God's own heart? Anybody? King David, right. And uh, who was the one who wrote many of these Proverbs and then was the collector of the entire collection? His name is Solomon. And let's just think for a moment now. Solomon was King David's, and mom was Bathsheba. Oh, yeah. So, so I just want you to know, um, even a man after God's own heart, uh, who's greatly used by God, Israel's greatest king in this area, was prone to wander and mess up. And I believe that Solomon had a special interest on this subject because this was like family lessons learned the hard way. I'm sure he heard about it from mom and dad. Okay, we messed up big time on this one. You need to grab a hold of this. We're getting the gift of sexual wisdom. And here is the point the wise father is making. Ready? I don't care how good-looking that lady is, Matthew. Don't care how fine that lady is, okay? Um, I don't care, Michaela, how rippling his muscles might be um, if you're not married to that woman or that man. Are you ready? Keep your hands off. That, that's basically what he says. Uh, keep your hands off if you're not married. And that isn't just the physical person, that's the images on the internet, that's the images of men or women anywhere, someone that you're not married to. Proverbs 7.22, again, I studied this pretty good because we almost did Proverbs 7 today, uh, pictures a deer uh, stepping into a hole or a trap or a noose, if you will. And that deer is about to die. That's what it means when you don't keep your hands off. It's like a deer and it's about to be trapped and then eaten. Or, if you will, look at verse 22. If you like this one better, it's like a, a, an ox or a steer being led to the butcher and they're going to put that steer in somebody's freezer. Make sense? So, so when you don't keep your hands off, you're like a deer or an ox and you're going into somebody's freezer. You're about to be killed and butchered and eaten. Or if you prefer, go to chapter 6 and verse 27. It asks an interesting question. I like this one. Can a man scoop up hot coals into his lap and expect not to be burned? And the answer is, Okay, a few of you got it, okay. I'm going to ask the question again, and you guys, you guys are going to answer, can a man or a woman scoop up hot coals into his lap and expect not to get burned? And the answer is? So when you don't keep your hands off, you're going to get burned. It's going to hurt. 
It will bring death. It will kill you. It will mess you up big time. Here's the point. Sexual sin has huge, severe consequences attached to it. Uh, 90 plus percent of all abortions, unwed mothers. Now just think logically with me. That means that somebody who wasn't married to somebody wasn't keeping their hands off each other. Make sense? And therefore, they, they went ahead and did it anyway, and now she's pregnant. Most every sexually transmitted disease, I couldn't get a good number on it, but it's a high percentage, comes from sex outside of marriage. It's, it's in the high 90s. Most sexually transmitted diseases come from sex between people who aren't married to each other. And the number one cause of divorce, you ready? It's sexual unfaithfulness. People who are not faithful to their husband or their wife, and they're not keeping their hands off of somebody they're not married to, and the result is oftentimes divorce. Now, verse 8 is critical, so I want you to look at verse 8 of chapter 5, because this is kind of the how-to well, how do you keep your hands off, Pastor Jeff? How am I supposed to do that? And he gives some really practical advice. It says, verse 8, Proverbs 5, keep to a path far from her. Keep to a path far from him. Do not go near the door of her house. Don't go near the door of his house anymore. If you know you're tempted and if you know you might succumb to temptation, don't walk in her neighborhood. Don't, don't even drive near her house, okay? Uh, stay away from her street. Are you ready? Delete her pictures from your phone. Um, erase her phone number from your cell. Um, block her from your Facebook. Make sense? In other words, and by the way, this isn't just a physical person. This is anybody who sexually you're being tempted to. This, this is just practical. Stay away. Do whatever it takes not to go near it anymore. Here's how Paul put it. He writes to young Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts, King James Version. Flee the evil desires of youth. New International Version. I like this one best. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. New Living Translation. Okay? And if we refuse God's wisdom on this matter, if we choose to get involved sexually with someone who is not my wife or not my husband, here are the consequences. Here are the sad results. Verse 9 lest you lose your honor to others, lose your dignity to one who's cruel. You lose your honor and dignity. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will what? Groan when your flesh and your body are spent. You'll say, how I hated discipline. How my heart spurned. I didn't want to obey. I didn't want to line my life up with God's word. I would not obey my teachers or turn my way to instructors. And I was soon in, what does this say? What's it say, verse, verse 14? And soon I was in what? 
serious trouble. I was in church, and I realized I'm in serious trouble. (laughs) This is a lot like the prodigal son. Remember him in Luke 15? Luke 15, prodigal son says, I'm tired of doing it God's way. I'm tired of doing it my father's way. Uh, Dad, give me my inheritance. I don't want to wait till you die. Give me my stuff. Rude, obnoxious, unheard of. But the dad goes along with it and gives him his share of the inheritance. And then he sets off for a distant country and he squandered his wealth. How? Did, did he invest it well? How, how did he invest his wealth? In wild, sinful living, Luke 15 says. Wild, sinful living. And after he'd spent all of his money on wild, sinful living, where did he wind up? He was eating with the pigs. <laughs> Proverbs 5.14, same thing. And soon I woke up and I realized I was in serious trouble. And if you're here today and you haven't been paying attention to God's book, and maybe you're here today and you haven't been keeping your hands off or your eyes off someone who isn't your husband or your wife, I have great news. You ready for your good news? Jesus is the one true friend of sexual fools. Isn't that good? The one true friend of all sexual fools is Jesus Christ. Because he's the one who gave us this great gift called sex. And we were created by Christ, and he created us to enjoy this amazing gift that he's given us. And here's the fact you need to know. You ready? If that's you today, if you'll do the U-turn... Now, you don't just to keep continuing on eating with the pigs. you got to drop the pig slop, and you got to do the U-turn. And if you'll turn to Christ, guess what? He'll come running to you, and he'll forgive, and he'll restore, and he'll cleanse, <laughs> and he'll start you fresh. Isn't that good news? That, that's like great news. Uh, that's what Jesus is all about. And he is the only true friend Of sexual fools. So, if the owner's manual says, men, keep your hands off sexually every woman who's not your wife, keep your eyes off every woman sexually who's not your wife, women, if he says, keep your hands off sexually every man who's not your husband, what is your plan, God? What is God's plan regarding his good gift of sex? Verse 15, drink water from your own cistern. (laughs) Let that image play in your head a little bit. Running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares? Of course not. Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. Verse 18, may your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. In other words, just keep enjoying her, the one you married a long time. Keep on enjoying. And then verse 19, this is a lot like Song of Solomon 4, verses 5 to 15. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you be intoxicated with her love. Okay, you ready? 
God's divine plan regarding sex is this. Men, fight your desire for sex. How? With sex. (laughs) With your wife. Okay? Here's God's plan. I know that's the way I created you. I know there's temptation. So here's how you fight temptation and desire. Men, are you ready? Fight temptation and desire for sex with sex with your wife. Have at it. Go for it. And women, okay, you're not left out either, fight temptation and desire for sex. How? I won't ask you to repeat it. (laughs) With sex. With your husband. Um, This is kind of cool. You you could even take a note here if you want, okay? Your wife, men, is your personal, private, God-given gift to satisfy your sexual needs and desires. And even as I say that, I've never said that in church before. Sounds like weird. Yeah, but it's, it's in the book right here. We just read it, okay? And women, your husband is your personal, private, God-given gift to satisfy your sexual needs and desires. Some of you, Dean, you were raised where marriage has one purpose, right? Some of you were raised um, in settings that said this. The only reason you get married is what? To have children, to procreate the earth, to have offspring. Um, Can I just go back to verses 15 and 19? Look at it real quick with me. And, And as you look it over, there's no mention of children or arrows in your quiver here, okay? None of that. And and oh, by the way, if you read Song of Solomon, which is kind of like God's manual for sex and marriage, not much mention of children there. It's like sex, yeah, it was created to have children, but it was also created by God as his gift to you as a gift to enjoy. He's kind of saying, have a blast. Go for it. Drink up. Isn't that what he says? Look Look at it, verse 15. Drink up, enjoy. This is your legitimate, God-given, biblical way to satisfy yourself sexually. And, and how is that again? Your wife, your husband. You ready? Enjoy. Isn't that pretty cool? It's like God says, that's why I gave it to you. And now, some of you are here today, and you're thinking, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Pastor Jeff, but, but what about me? I, I'm not married. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a husband, and I don't have a wife. Uh, so an obvious question right now would be, what about me? Um, so if you're in that situation, you're going to want to extra turn quickly with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, okay? Because God's Word does have something to say on that matter. And as you're turning there, just let me say, chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, verses 3 to 5, New Testament says it again, husbands and wives, take care of each other sexually. That's not just a a, a great matter of advice, it's actually a command. Did you know that? Husbands, wives, this isn't if you feel like it, if you're in the... No, take good care of each other. Command. Ooh, wow. Wow. Now, singles, verses 8 and 9, okay? Here's what it says to you. Now, to the unmarried and the widows, I say, uh, it's good for them to stay married, unmarried as I do. So, if you have the gift of singleness 
and you're not, you know, burning up, uh, that's great, but look at verse 9. But if they cannot control themselves, they should what? For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. I wonder if that's where they got the hubba hubba burning love from, right? Maybe? Can't, I just can't know. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a hubba hubba burning love, uh, and, you're, and you know you don't have the gift of singleness, and you, you're, what's God's solution for singles? You ready? If, you, if you're burning and, and you can't control it, are you ready for God's solution? Here's his answer. Get married. You need to start praying. Lord, show me the man. Show me the I want a godly one. It's clear I don't have the gift of singleness. Um, and some of you already are saying, but I'm not ready to get married now, Pastor Jeff. I have to finish this degree, and then I have to get that job, and then I have to buy this, and then I have to buy that. Listen close to me. Give me your eyes for a second. Some of you say, I don't have the gift of singleness, and I'm burning up, but I'm coping. Oh, really? How are you coping? And the truth is, if we dig down, you're coping with pornography. You're coping with sexual activity outside your husband, outside your wife. And can I tell you something? That's not acceptable. As a follower of Christ, that's not the way you were designed. That's not how God has designed us. Well, I'm, no, you're not coping. No, you're not doing okay. If you're, if you're not doing it God's way, it, it's a little bit like this. I, I've got this nail here, um, and, and, and I got this need to get this nail and some wood, so, so what am I going to do? So, so I'm going to take my iPhone, and I'm going to pound the nail with my iPhone. Now, now can you do that? I'm not going to demonstrate, but, but I think you could. I think you could, but it would destroy the iPhone, and it would be really foolish, don't you think? It, it, it's not the way it was designed, but you could do it. And that's how some of you are coping as singles with your sexuality. You're, you're, you're pounding the way God has designed and created you, and you're using this, this legitimate need, and you're pounding nails with your iPhone. It's foolish. It's a foolish use of God's great gift. I close this morning. Did you notice the campfire? And Matthew says it's kind of halfway, sort of, Boy Scout approved. Uh, anyway, um, anybody uh, sit around a campfire this week? Can I see hands? How many? Yeah? Good. Uh, good. Few things are as relaxing and enjoyable as a campfire. Fire in the pit. Fire uh, in the fireplace in the winter. Think about it with me. Warm, inviting, comfortable. Okay? Now, you take that very same fire in, in the fire pit, or you take that very same fire that was in your fireplace, same number of logs. Think with me now. And now you put that same fire on top of your bed, on, on the quilt and the blankets and your pillows, okay? And just as you enjoyed that warm, inviting, enjoyable fire there in the pit and in your fireplace, take the same fire and light it on your bed. Think with me. Suddenly it's, now, it's not very warm and it's not very inviting and, and it's not very safe. Suddenly now this is reckless. This is dangerous 
this is irresponsible. There's a good chance this is going to lead. Think about this fire on your bed at home. Suddenly now, there's going to be damage. There's going to be loss. This is not going to end well. You ready? The fireplace, the fire pit, that's God's intended place for fire. And God's intended place for sex is within the confines of marriage between husband and wife. It's great to have a fire. Matter of fact, if you're married here today, I encourage you, you know, have some wars this week. Really, really. And have some wars as much as you and your spouse care to, to enjoy s'mores, okay? That's a great thing. But I'm here to tell you, if you take that same fire and you take it out of the confines of marriage, it's dangerous. It's reckless. It's, it's irresponsible. And I'm just telling you, this is the way that God has designed us. This is the way that God has designed his great gift. He says, it's great, it's wonderful. Have at it, enjoy it, go for it. Drink deeply, drink often, but only within the confines of husband and wife. And if you're here today and you're single and you've been struggling, look again at verse 8. Let me tell you, you got to run. You're going to have to learn to run and in all forms of temptation. God, give me the wisdom now. I need to quit going by that street. I need to quit going whatever it takes, Lord. I need to run and learn to run. And if you cannot keep from burning with passion, Lord, give me the gift, the good gift of a godly wife or a godly husband. Why is that so clear and strong, Pastor Jeff? Because that's God's plan for his good gift of sex. That's the way God intended sex. And it's kind of like right down the middle, isn't it? He's open and he's clear, and we don't need to get bashful about it. We don't need to be ashamed. But we also need to do it his way, or you may burn the house down. Let's pray. Lord, as we uh, close, uh, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being the designer, and you designed everything in this world and you designed everything in life, and you designed uh, things that we get to enjoy as your kids. So we want to say thank you. You're awesome, and you're amazing. And I want to pray as we close, Lord, for every married man and woman here today. Lord, uh, some of them may have been taking for granted this amazing gift of sex that you've blessed them with. And uh, may they leave here today with a renewed passion to enjoy their wives and enjoy their husbands because, Lord, that's exactly what you have in mind for them. And I want to pray for the young folks here today uh, that they would not believe the lies that this world shouts at us. I'm praying that you'll give us a church full of uh, young men and women who are ready and willing to wait to enjoy sex until you bless them with a godly wife or a godly husband. And Lord, for those who don't have the gift of singleness, for those who honestly are burning with passion, Lord, I, I would pray even now that in due time, 
obviously give them the desire of their hearts. Give them a godly wife or a godly husband. And Lord, for those who are in serious trouble today, and they've been pounding nails with their cell phones, may they realize today how serious the trouble is. May they wake up, may they come to their senses, may they come running back to your son Jesus. Lord, your word is quick, it's alive, it's relevant, it gives us practical wisdom and discernment, and we want to say thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.